0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time, or you wanna hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus, so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: I'm excited about this morning. I've been praying for this for a couple of months actually. And uh, I just sense God wants to do some stuff in people's lives today. And I'm teaching on healing. There's going to be a lot of scripture today. I want to build a a foundation for you for healing. So if you have your phone and you have the Bible app, you can follow along with the scriptures in that, that app. So you just go to the events and open up this particular service. Wherever there was salvation with Jesus, wherever he was, there was always healing. It always took place. It was never just a, a redemptive moment. There was also a healing moment. And, and I think in the church today, we've lost a little bit of that across the board, not just this church. And we still see a lot of miracles. Last Sunday night, a lady came up the front after the service and said she's death, death in her ear. And we prayed for her. Lady put some oil on her and she heard the ear click and open. I like that stuff. See, so God's the same yesterday, day and forever. <laughs> and he wants to heal and he wants people to be healed but there's always seemed to be this wrestle in us around healing, it's the same in things of the spirit. If you go to Corinthians and people use this scripture and argue around things of the spirit like speaking in tongues or, or different things, spiritual things, and they say that knowledge will pass away and prophecies will pass away and all these things will pass away. But one of the things I've noticed about knowledge is that it's growing, you know that? Today's we we live in the most knowledgeable times, more knowledge than ever before. We've got access to more information than ever before. We we are filled with knowledge. Get as much as what we like. Any subject you can get onto YouTube and find out how to do it, and grow in knowledge, or get onto Google and Google will give you the opinion along with twenty others. Same with the things of the Spirit. It hasn't passed away. It's actually growing. God's a restoring God. God brings restoration to things. He, he actually brings things back. And over the years, over my life in church, over the last 60 years of church, I've seen God restore things. I've seen him restore in the 70s the move of the Spirit. I've seen him restore in the 80s uh, gifts and bring gifts in again and and the charismatic gifts. I've seen him in the 90s bring move of the Spirit that brought joy into the church and an incredible change and intercession back in. And I sense he's bringing right now across the world discipleship across the world and it, it not just revolves around a Sunday but revolves around our life every day. That's what I see God doing across the world. As I travel the world and we have the joy of being invited to different places around the world and I'm seeing this happen around the world. But we can't just move from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. It actually is built line upon line, precept upon precept that we actually grow in the things of God. Not just go, I want that, I want that, but actually no, it's built line upon line. I see there's a, a move across the church as well, and, and particularly in the younger generations, that are looking for the mysticism, looking for the things of God that are st- they're out there in the things of the Spirit. But we can't throw everything out. We've got to keep building, and that's why God always was a God that built on things. He had order all the time. So the things of the Spirit aren't without order, but there is power. And I sense God wants to do that today in people's lives. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 and 9. And it says this: The word is near you in your mouth and your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you confess with your mouth the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It's interesting, isn't it? If you believe in your heart, that's very different to your head. Incredibly different to your head. I can believe things in my head, but it's not a real, true belief and when I believe things in my head, you can change my mind. There's a better argument. But when it's in my heart, can't change it. Can't change it. And it says, and you will be saved. That word saved, interesting word. It's actually soza. Comes up on the screen. To save, to deliver, to protect. To heal, to preserve, to save self, to do well, to be made whole. So, Sozo was a Greek word meaning wholeness. It's interesting that sometimes we want to pull a little bit out and just take salvation. That we think, oh, well, that's just redemption. It's not. Wholeness in spirit. Wholeness in soul, mind, will, and emotions. That's your soul. Wholeness in your body. You can expect to be healed. You can expect to have a sound mind. You can expect it. You can actually have it. And when you're saved, when you believe in your heart that you are saved, you get all of that. You do not just get a little bit of it. But so often we choose the bit we like. When we have the whole thing. And we can go on in God if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth. There's such power in confession. If you Google Highlands faith confessions, you'll get my faith confessions. Every great leader I know has got faith confessions. And what I'd recommend you do is I recommend you get the ones you need. Read through the list, pick a couple out, let God speak to you about yours. I love 3 John 2. I pray it over you as a church. I pray it over our family that you'll prosper in all things. You'll be in health just as your soul prospers. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Another great faith confession. I love my wife. I will serve her. One of my faith confessions. I love my children. I encourage them to be the best that they can possibly be. Faith confession. I build leaders. It's not what I do, it's who I am. It's my faith confession. I am whole and I am healed. It's my faith confession something incredibly powerful about it because there's something about confessing that makes an incredible difference. Roman 8, chapter two. For the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. And in verse 11, but the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life. To what? your mortal bodies, not just in heaven. It's here, now, our mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in us. If you need a miracle today, God wants to give you a miracle. He wants to touch your life. He didn't just die on a cross just so you can have redemption. He died on the cross so you can be whole. You can be saved wholeness. That's what God wants for you. He said, be filled with the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. How do you get the power of the Spirit? Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the level by the devil. Luke 4 14. And he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. The more times you say no to temptation, the more power you have in the Spirit. People say, How do I get powerful? Say no to temptation. Firstly, get filled. Get filled with the Spirit. People go, oh, well, when I was saved, i not filled with the Spirit. No, 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 that's not true. Read the Scriptures. Scripture says you come and you say, God, fill me. You'll be filled. There's two parts. I used to believe that. I was an Anglican, brought up and said, oh, well, once I'm saved, I've got everything. No, 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 I found out that I got prayed for. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got filled with the Spirit that changed my life forever. And then there's the power of the Spirit, and I get that with the grace of God to say no. Do I always say no? No. Most of us are like the rest of us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's something about power when you say no to the devil, that you overcome it. See, I think if it's good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. He went and was baptized. We got a baptism in the next service. Spirit of God, there was two processes to that. He come and was obedient to what God had said. This is God himself on earth. was coming obedient. Got went in the waters of baptism. Water of the baptism, come out of that. Then the Spirit of God, he got filled with the Spirit. Then he went out in the wilderness and he overcame God, the power of the Spirit by saying no to the devil. I think if it's good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he how's your heart how are you thinking see a lot of people come and want to argue about scripture and argue about things because it can be so much about a knowledge base see it's more than just redemption it's much more than just redemption a life with Christ is much more It's believing in our heart and in that there's healing, there's restoration, there's adoption, a life of power. So what I found about Christianity is, as I've always grown up in Christianity, (coughs) it's not about positive mental attitude, it's not about thinking not about just that it's about a radical transformation that takes place when you believe in your heart it's a radical transformation that touches and changes us empowers us it's not just rational thinking because I think there's a rational Christianity that that's being put around the world where oh well I can rationalize it oh yeah well I weigh it all up and yeah well I struggle with the, you know, the fact that he died and rose again from the dead. Yeah, well, uh, the virgin birth, I don't know if I believe that. Uh, I can rationalize it all the way. And I can rationalize it to the point where I can make a decision. and go, oh, Well, I, the weight of this, I'm going to go this way. Then someone comes up with a good idea and you go the other way. That's why we see kids go to university and they, they end up at uni and they haven't actually had a radical transformation and they had this knowledge and being brought up in the church and then someone challenges and they go, oh, okay, I'll believe that now. And when they've had a radical transformation, that's why our youth camps are powerful. That's why summer campers we go to Noosa of all places, which I think is fantastic. But they get touched by God. There's something about that, but it can happen to us right now. We don't have to be in a youth camp. It can happen to you today. To be radically transformed, changed. And desperately need it. See, the world, the science world, has sorted out some things. There's a guy in a book we're reading, Moira and I are reading at the moment, it's called The Expectation Effect. A guy called Dave Robinson. And he says this, Your mindset can change your world. And it answers these questions. What are your beliefs and expectations that rule our physical and mental well-being? How does the body, brain and culture interact so so potently to produce these self-fulfilling prophecies? See, science is studying it and realizing what was written in scripture all those years ago. It's true. They can't explain it, but they recognize it. (coughs) You see, we know why it's true. We know why we can get a miracle. By his stripes, we are healed. Not by his stripes, maybe. By his stripes, we are. But somehow we've got to get our brain and our heart to line up. There's something got to happen that we line our brain and our heart up when we believe in our heart when we actually start this belief and this guy that wrote this book, there's so many interesting studies they've done where they say to one group of people, they say, here's a placebo and this is what we're going to give you and these are going to be the effects and another control group, they say to this control group, here's the same placebo and it's going to have this result. You're going to feel itchiness. You're going to feel sick. You're going to be nauseous. You're going to be this. These are the side effects. These people, they don't care. They say, you're going to be healed. This is going to be great for you. The funny thing is, the studies go, these people say, wow, I'm healed. These people say, "I've got all the side effects, and it's a placebo. What do you believe? What do you believe? Mark 11:22 to 24. So Jesus answered them and said, "Have faith in God, for strongly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things says will be done." He will have a whatever he says. Therefore, whatever, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you have received them and you will have them. <sighs> Does not doubt in his heart. Where? Not his head. His heart. I know about you, my, I wrestle with my head. My head's one of my problems. Always has been. When I got filled with the spirit, my head was my problem. They prayed for me, and I got one word, Iba. Iba, Iba, Iba. And you get really bored with Iba. Well, I do. And my head said, if that's what it is. I remember one day in church, little church in a public school, I raised my hands to heaven, and I went straight into the throne room of God, and then my head caught it and dropped me straight back to earth. Because it's a heart deal. Not just a head deal. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. Can I have you this morning to just believe? To move it from just hope to just believe. To move you from your hope to belief. To move from your head to your heart. You see, hope's in the head, but faith is in the heart. Just catch that, it's so important. Hope is in the head. What things I hope for? Faith is in the heart. Faith is in the heart. It's in your heart. That's the difference. That's the difference. You see, we can hope. We can get it into our head and we can hope. We can hope for things. I hope. I hope the church grows. I hope people get healed. I hope. I hope. But you see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's a belief system. I wanna preach to you today, not just talk to you because what I wanna do is I wanna stir up that gift of faith in you that you can believe firstly in God and secondly in yourself because most of the challenges we have is our self-belief. You see, that first scripture we read in Romans, Paul said by the verse of the preacher, stirring up faith. That When you walk out of this place today, you walk out in faith not just in hope, that you walk out in life, being filled with the Spirit, then in the power of the Spirit, as you say no to the challenges and the temptations that come this week. Because very really they come, John 10.10 explains it. I love the way he explains the job description of the devil. The devil comes to rob, to kill, to destroy. That's his job description. You wonder why he's put on earth, he's after you to rob, to kill and destroy. But the difference is that Jesus comes and he says we've got life and life abundantly. Isn't that amazing? The devil wants to steal. Jesus wants to bring life. Life. How do you get that? Just belief. Move from hope to belief. Mark 16, 14 to 18 says this, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. He rebuked their unbelief. These are people that have walked with Jesus. They don't feel bad if you got unbelief. These are the disciples, they walked with him. They saw him raise people from the dead. They saw him feed thousands of people. They saw him with Peter walking on the water. They saw him walk on the water. They, a couple of them even saw him go on a mountain and be transfigured and have a chat to the, the people from old, Moses and Elijah. And then they still didn't believe. So don't be too upset if you've got a little bit of unbelief. But don't let the hardness of heart come around you. See, the hardness of heart is the things that stop us. Ah, well, it didn't work. Ah, well, I've been prayed for a hundred times. Or in the Aussie way, yeah, been prayed for a hundred times, it doesn't work. Only the hardness of heart comes. I notice a lot of the time Jesus prayed for people and he said, which I find really interesting, he prayed for them and said, hey, one guy grabbed a bit of mud, threw it in his eyes, spat in it as well. But just think about that for a minute. Imagine that, Lockie. Jesus winds us up to you. Comes down. Reaches into the mud. <laughs> 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 go wash in the pool, shall I? Didn't find that interesting? He could have just gone... Be healed. But then he said, I want you. There's the miracle touch. There's the point of faith. And he said, now you do something. You see said in the Old Testament as well. With the king with leprosy. Go and wash seven times. And what did the king's answer? Oh, I'm not going to do that. That river's filthy. How many times are we like that? I just sense God wants to heal us. But he wants to move something in our heart. Those who had not seen him after he had risen, so he said to them, "Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Sozo, made whole. But he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow them that believe. Who will the signs follow? Who do the signs follow? Do you believe?" See, one of the things I find really interesting is sometimes we expect the preacher, the pastor, the gifted one. But it actually says the signs will follow them that believe. And I think it's so important because I think God's restoring it. God just doesn't want it to be in the church. He wants to be in the street. He wants to be in the workplace. He wants to be in the home. I love the way my kids always come up and say, will you pray for me? Because they want a miracle. They know the miraculous. It's meant to follow us. Him who believes. Do you believe? You can expect this to follow you go into all the world preach the gospel every creature who believes will be saved who do not believe will be condemned these signs will follow them to believe what signs in my name they will cast out demons I like that I've seen a few come out they're generally not happy but the people are pretty happy afterwards since they will speak in new tongues some of that will mess with your heads some of you that's what it says they will speak in new tongues they'll take up servants and if they drink anything deadly by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover they'll recover Mark 9 23 to 24 and Jesus said to me if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes immediately father of the child cried out and said Lord I believe help my unbelief I love this bit here because that's me I believe help my unbelief You think about that, that's God himself on earth, the man Jesus, seeing miracles all around him and this man goes, help my unbelief. Sometimes we think we're bad because we don't believe. Help my unbelief. Unbelief is natural, even in the presence of the man Jesus. But we've got to build in our life, the belief. You see, belief is built Belief is built out of faith confession. Belief is built out of changing our mind till it gets to our heart, till it gets down in here. To then we believe. Then we believe. You need a miracle? Just believe. Move from the head to the heart. Oh, well, the doctors say this. Yep, they do. God says this. By your stripes, I'm healed. But the doctors say... <laughs> In that book I was telling you about, tells stories of doctors where they tell all the side effects of what could happen. And now they've, they're having a, a thing in the medical profession now that I found out about, I don't know if it's in Australia, it's an American book, where you can choose not to hear all the side effects or the risks. Which I just think is wonderful, isn't it? You might die. If you go to America and you watch the TV ads, they've got all these disclaimers, all the side effects. Because sometimes what we hear changes the way of what we see and the outcomes we get. James 5.3 If anyone's suffering, let him pray. If anyone's cheerful, let him sing psalms. If anyone is among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespass one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Today, we're at the end of the service. We're going to pray for people. We've got oil. If you need a miracle, we're going to pray for you. We're going to put some oil on you. We're going to follow the promise of that scripture. And we're going to see you raised up. I want to tell you two stories this morning before we do an altar call. First story is Vicki Davy. Vicky's the director of our early learning centre. Elijah's in her daughter is in the service this morning. After her first child, Kieran, she was diagnosed with cancer. She went for all the treatment and we've got category four or whatever it's called and they said we can't do anything else for you. Her friend at the same time passed away, same cancer. But Vicki thought about this and said, No, no, I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna move my belief. I'm going to understand who, what my identity is. My identity is in Christ. And she took it, and she took it to heart, and she believed. And she's still the director of the Early Learning Center. They said, you won't have any more children. Elijah's here today. The first, or the second child, the first after they said, you won't have any more children. And there's two other boys that are in Spain at the, at the moment playing football, which is amazing. the doctors said it's impossible Vicky said no it's not I believe I believe 1 Corinthians 12 7-11 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all I think that's interesting as well the spirit's not just for you it's for all it's not just for you it's for all to one given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another of the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another working of miracles it's interesting there's gifts of healing and separately miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different times of comes to the other interpretation of ones but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills the Bible also says covet gifts there's a whole pile of gifts that you can covet the only thing we can covet is gifts what do you need you can covet that one of the things I used to do is we used to years ago have catches so we'd have prayer lines and the preachers would pray and we'd catch, I was one of the catchers and I would covet the gift and I'd catch it said, you've got to go after things sometimes grab hold of what God's doing in your life isaiah 53 5 but he was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins he was beaten so we could be made whole he was whipped so we could be healed 1 peter 2 24 he personally carried our sins on his body on on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live what is right by his wounds we are healed you see jesus went to the cross not just for your salvation He went for your sozo, your salvation, the whole. Not just redemption, he went for salvation. Sozo, wholeness in body, wholeness in mind, wholeness, wholeness in spirit. And I don't know where you are with Jesus. I don't know where you are on the journey. We're all on a journey. Some of us have said yes to Jesus and we believe in our heart we've had that transformation power come into our life that's changed us. Some of us are still on that journey. We're rationally trying to work this out. But friend, Jesus wants to come into your life and change you for the better. That's what he does. I want to give you that opportunity before we move into the next part of this communion this morning. If you've never given your life to Jesus, why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today if you're in this place. Just give people privacy. That's why we do it. It's a decision that you're making, not your friends making, not your husband's making, not your spouse, your wife, but a decision you're making. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, today's your day. He wants to come in and transform you. right across the room right now if that's you and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life or secondly you you've rationally thought this out you've been in church maybe you've walked away and you're still hanging in there but you're going God I need you if that's you I'd love to pray for you today as well so right across this room right now just while no one's looking around if that's you you've never given your life to Jesus or you're coming back to Jesus today I'd love you to raise your hand so I can see it so I can pray for you Last time I'm asking. I don't want to delay it. It's too important not to, but. Awesome. Well, Father, I pray for everyone in this room. If they know you, Lord. Father, fill them afresh today. If they don't know you, Lord, I ask you to woo them. They come into the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name. There's a friend of mine called Kathy Murray. She's preached in this church. She's another one. Her pastor got stage four cancer, lost her hair, lost everything. Doctors have written her off. Totally written her off. said nothing else we can do." God said to her, "I want you to take communion every time you doubt. Every time you doubt, every time you struggle. I want you to take communion. She'd take it up to six times a day. Her testimony, some of you have heard her testimony, but just to reshare it. See, communion is never meant to be rote. It's meant to be power. Scripture showed that it was taken in homes. It was actually taken... In Passover, in homes, in the celebrations in home, there was numerous celebrations throughout the Jewish calendar, all involved bread and meals and wine. We've created a symbol, which is in the front of your seat pocket or on the floor in front of you. As the church, we've created this symbol of juice and a, a wafer, but actually a full meal. There's something incredibly powerful about it, and And Kathy got a revelation of it that was, I take it as I need it. And maybe today you need it. Maybe tomorrow at home you'll need it. Maybe multiple times a day you'll need to actually stop and take communion to take you through your day. Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20 says this, He took some bread and gave thanks for it. And he broke it into pieces and gave some to his disciples, saying, This is my body in which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, that was at the beginning of the meal. He said, After dinner, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood, which is poured out for a sacrifice for you. The Sacrifice. And part of the sacrifice and the new covenant is salvation, Sozo wholeness, healing. So today, if you'd like to take communion, I ask you to pull the cup apart and it's a bit of a challenging thing to do. I'm trying to get the bread out in two parts. And if you're having trouble, ask the person next to you who may be able to help. Or it's like me right now, can't. Got it. Jesus, this represents your body. It's just a representation. But you broke it, Father. And out of that break, out of those whips, out of those whip marks across your back that went down to the flesh, through the flesh to the bone, then you carried it across a wooden old wooden tree up a hill that would have dragged across your open rib cage. You did that for our healing. Father, this morning, We remember that. There is Vicki Davey. Hello, Vicki. Told your story. If you want to talk to Vicki about cancer and about identity and about the power of this, she's down there. Something incredibly powerful about what we do right now. So, you take this if you need a miracle. I want you to believe God for a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. by your blood represented by this little bit of juice there's incredible power in it that seals it Lord that it's a never ending sealing of a new covenant that you did all those years ago between us and God between the heavenly father that you the blood makes a way and heals us and seals it forever So we take this today and remember that in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.